everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend on vacation, Father Richard Heilman. And tonight we got with us, Terry Barber is back once again yeah. on the Grace Force. Going to be talking about really this most important mission of the Catholic faith, and that is to spread the faith and make sure that we do it with clarity and with charity. And Terry has over 40 years experience in doing that. But before we get started, of course, everything has to begin with prayer. Father Heilman, we leave that to sure. you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls, amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Hey, I'm vacationing with three priests. I remember at like three o'clock this afternoon, I didn't bring a collar. <laughs> and I turned to the three priests. Do you have a collar? No one brought a collar. So. <laughs> but I'm on vacation. So yeah. Yeah. we'll give you a break. Well deserved, <laughs> well deserved downtime for your father. That's good. Uh, That's good. Well, and we want to thank everybody out there who sticks with us week after week or you chime in once in a while. You check out the US Grace Wars podcast. It means everything to us. We thank you so much for your comments, your encouragement. We like everything that you say to us, even the stuff that's a little critical sometimes. We like to be shaken up once in a while, so feel free, let it fire. But thank you, and God bless you all in our prayers. If any of you out there would like to support us financially, you can do that through the Patreon program. And I have to make a plea every week because it is one of those things that kind of goes up and down, support, depending on what a you know, a person's able to do with their finances and such. And and I always liked what Mother Angelica would say, you know, just put us between the electric bill and the gas bill, honey. <laughs> just kind of keep a few dollars out there for us for Patreon. That's a big help. You can click the link in the description below for more information on joining the Patreon program. And we thank you so much for that. That is a very necessary piece of pretty much anything when it comes to evangelization these days is we have to keep the, the lights on. We got to pay the electric company. We got to take care of upgrades for computers and just you know, pay the services that need to be done to get this message out. So we thank you so much for that. Tonight, we're going to be talking about really why podcasts like this in our modern day and age are so important with technology. Uh, Terry Barber is a good friend of mine. We go back, I don't know, 25 years, whatever it is, a long time ago. And uh, Terry, you've been doing evangelization work for over, four, was it 42 years, I think you said? Yeah, I think it's 45 years now. 45. I went to 78, Doug. I, I got the Bishop Sheen records and ask permission from the propagation of faith. They put them on cassette tapes. Does everybody remember cassette tapes? Yeah. And then from there, I put them on the CDs and then MP3s. And we distributed them through a group I called Lighthouse Catholic Media that I started. And millions of recordings have gone out over the years. And, you know, God always uses the weak to confound the strong. So I'm exhibit A. Hey, you know, on that point, Tara, let's, I mean, audience, it's always fun for the audience to see a yeah. face and a name to something. And I know a lot of people out there, um, have seen Lighthouse Media, you sure. know, the racks that are in the backs sure. of churches all over the place. And you were the one that initiated that, yeah. got that started. And, you know, this, these are just neat moments to see how God does use different people in different ways, different capacity. Um, and I know when you and I met, you were putting on the just those, those <laughs> just, just big gun conferences out yeah. in Long Beach and Anaheim, yeah. California. Sure. And you get five, seven, 10,000 people coming to those right. times. Yeah. yeah, and I was very blessed to be able to come out. And, and many yeah. years we we came out and gave talks and and did the passion meditation there. And absolutely, yeah, it was just it was just just one. I was about two thirds the way back in the crowd. I, I don't know if you noticed me, but <laughs> that's great. Yeah, um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But Terry, I mean, I yes. and I like something that you said as we were talking before we got started yeah. here. You know, you yeah. talked, you and I talked earlier today on the phone, sure. and then before we got started recording here is that, you know, there's a lot of scandals in the church. There are a lot of things out there and it, it made, you know, and, and we, we have to evangelize in the midst of the scandals. We have to realize that the scandals, if we focus yeah. on that, yeah. you know, while it is important to know when yes. things are going off track, because we need to be, you know, a voice that, that can help things be ordered and get back on track by the grace of God, cooperating with God's grace. However, it is easy for us to want to just wallow in the scandals and in the, the the apocalyptic talk only, and that can be a real danger. And I, I wanted to address this right off the bat because I like what you had said before we started recording. Because mm -hmm. when we see the scandals, it can easily discourage us. Yes. And again, while we know they're there, 
we have to remember to focus on those things that rise above every scandal. And that yeah. is obviously God's grace, God's truth. Can you talk a little bit about why it's so important mm -hmm. for us to, again, okay, acknowledge that there's a mess going on in different places, but why is it so important to continue to focus on the message of hope and truth and encouragement in the, in the thick of all these scandals? Well said, well, good question. And I would say this, that on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we talk about the problems, but we always go with the solution. And the solution is in my hand. I'm holding a crucifix. We worship Jesus Christ. When we have scandal in the church, the first thing most people do is they get upset about it and they get disillusioned. And I say, no, we have to live our Catholic faith. We have a call to holiness, a universal call the church has asked all of us to live holy lives. So our response to scandal is to pray for our leaders who are scandalizing us, whether it's a priest, bishop, cardinal, whoever it is, we need to make a reparation for that scandal by praying them for them, first of all. And then second of all, because of our love for Jesus Christ, we need to be able to share that with our family first and our friends. And that is what people say this to, I always say this, people don't care how much you know, Father or Doug, they, they, they care about how much you love them, how much you care. And we care enough to share the gospel in spite of scandal. So holiness, and we think about this, every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. So all of us, and I know Father's going to talk about reparation. This is a key. We have to make reparation for these scandals in the church by living a holy life. That's my answer. Yeah. yeah, you know, we're doing the 54-day Rosary Novena Good. right now. Excellent. And people can join in anytime they Good. want. It's at usgraceforce.com. Awesome. You can find every, oh, oh, you want to know about that. But the petition we have going on right now is, may the church and our country find hope as we unite at the foot of the cross. Oh. And I think, you know, sometimes we get accused of being divisive for simply saying what, divine revelation has revealed to us through sacred, and sacred tradition. And, and even they'll tag that with as politics. I, I, I just did a sermon a couple of weeks ago and I, um, the, a lady was very upset. I'm being political. And it, I actually was quoting Bishop Hyings article mm -hmm. and all he was doing was, uh, was stating the truth. And I'm actually, I'm having t-shirts made now. I'll, I'll give them for myself. I don't know if anybody else wants one. But it's going to have the big word unite right across the chest uh -huh. and then underneath at the foot of the cross. Beautiful. And you just held up the cross just now. Yes. We you. need to unite at the foot of the cross. And and Doug, um, Terry, we've been trying so hard. And I think we always get um, encouraged by people's comments that uh, that we don't go, we, you know, we're, we're, we're not trying. To, I, let me put it this way. Mm -hmm. I, I was just talking with one of my priest friends here that are here on vacation. I says, don't you feel it? There's like a demonic spirit in the air. Everybody's just flaring up and attacking and going after each other. And we just can't get caught up in that, right? Amen. No, instead what we need to do is we need to get strong, strong. And the challenges that we face, and if we face them well, okay, with patience, with perseverance, with courage, it's like you're weightlifting. It's a spiritual weightlifting. You're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And and so that's why I think, you know, what we're talking about tonight, we we have to get the truth out. You know, that's why Jesus was crucified, because he he uh, upset people right, <laughs> with the truth. You don't do the truth. And again, we're going to get called. We're going to be named political and div divisive because of that. But that's that's not what we're doing. We're, we we, we want to get the truth out with clarity Okay, and Bishop Strickland is just amazing at that. And he's going to be at your talk, and we want to hear our, your your conference you got coming up, and we want to hear all about that. But but yes. uh, with uh, clarity and with charity. Amen. And again, I think I, I, I'm heartened that I, we do get a lot of comments uh, about our podcast and everything we do, that that although we're, we're right out there with the truth, we yes. do try to do it with charity. Um, Terry, you know, you've been, you've been working at this for so long, and... Um, we need to unite, but we need to ignite that that flame of love. You know, we need to ignite that fire within. Um, you know, what, what do you think about? You know, where how can we do that today? How how can we, in spite of this 
propensity for all of us to just get flared up and start attacking each other. Yeah. What can we be doing instead of that? Well, thanks for that question. Uh, first of all, I'm going to be with Bishop Strickland. You mentioned his name, September 1 and 2 in Tyler, Texas, at a Defending Our Faith conference, where he's going to be, are you ready for his keynote speech? It's titled, Proclaiming the Apostolic Faith with Clarity and Boldness. Something similar oh, nice. to what you just said. And we've got Mother Miriam coming. We've got an exorcist going to be there. I'm the uh, Master of Ceremonies. We've got uh, a great, we've got Janet Smith coming. And this conference, I want to encourage your listeners, if they can make it, uh, go to vmpr.org, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, and join us because it's like $60 for a two-day conference. It's priced right. It's not like it's in L.A. where you have to spend a lot of money. But your question about um, how do we get fired up, this is what I think is important. You know, Don Bosco said, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. Go to these conferences and meet Catholics like yourself right. that are in, on fire for the faith. And you have lifelong friends doing that. That's why for 45 years, I've been putting on conferences around the country. I still have a big one in Wichita at the first week of August. We just had it again. But I don't run them because my 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 best way of doing it is starting things and then handing them over to people because this is a key to making sure that it will continue. It's not based on any individual. You really have to do it that way, in my humble opinion. So how do we get people fired up? Well, we introduce them to the person of Christ through the sacraments, in my opinion. First, show them the great love that Jesus has for us in the Blessed Sacrament. Show them the beautiful teachings on Our Lady and when the people fall in love with the Eucharist and Our Lady, nobody's going to change their mind about the faith by saying, oh, you need to become this or that, because they had that relationship with the Holy Eucharist, whether they spend time before the Blessed Sacrament, they're praying their daily rosary, the graces are there. And then we shift into gears to say, okay, my personal holiness, how do I share that faith with anyone? And Father, you know, I wrote a book from Ignatius Press, How to Share Your Faith with Anyone, bestseller for about 15 years now. Uh, I, I share, I, I ask people this question, Father and Doug, I say, how many of you Catholics have ever been told how to share your personal testimony? About one or 2% of Catholics say yes. And I, share, I, I give them, you know, what Paul VI said, modern man listens more willing to witnesses than to teachers. And if he does listen to teachers, it's because they're witnessing. We need to become better witnesses of our faith. That's my answer. Nice. Uh, well, let's just break that down then, Terry. Okay. How, how do we witness? How, what's the best way to give a testimony? Well, the best way to give your testimony, uh, and if people don't, it's uh, it's one of my chapters, is this. Know that your testimony points to, points to eternal life and is filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's a list real quick of the, of the do's and don'ts. Uh, well, number one, be open to the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Don't rely solely on your own human gifts. And then speak about your personal relationship with Christ. Catholics don't have, don't have a clue how to do that. They should. How much more personal Doug is receiving Holy Communion every day for the last 50 years of my life? Very personal. Mm. Don't care about the fact that Jesus came to your life through his church. And I go on and on. Now, the don'ts don't come across as a know-it-all. Mm. I'll give you an example. There's a story, and then I'll turn it. The story is the Religious Ed Congress. 40,000 Catholics come to Anaheim every year. And there's anti-Catholic people, Father and Doug, sitting outside harassing Catholics about, you guys worship Mary, you do this, you're the whore of Babylon. And Catholics are arguing. I say, stop arguing. So I tell, this is what you do. It's in my book on how to share your faith. I went in and I said, excuse me, can I ask you a question? Because Jesus asked questions when he evangelized. So call people by name. That gets their attention. I said, hey, uh, what is your name? My name is Mike. Mike, tell me how you fell in love with Jesus Christ. Would you mind telling me that? He says, yeah, I'll tell you. For 15 minutes, he said he was a womanizer. He was into drugs and alcohol. And after he told me how he fell in love with Jesus and started reading the God's word and he converted and stopped doing those bad things. And now he lives a Christ-centered life. I said, congratulations. Can I ask you another question? Yeah, what is it? Can I tell you how I fell in love with Jesus? What's he going to say? No. He's going to say, absolutely. You just heard my story. You see how evangelization is not so much what you know. It's how do you ask questions? And so I shared the Eucharist. I shared Our Lady with him. And he listened to me. He would have never listened if I didn't earn it. Now, yeah. that's an example of sharing your faith, even with anti-Catholics. Yep. You know, you know what it's about? It, it's, Tell me. It's, it, well, here we go. Yes, Father. <laughs> it's, it's helping people yeah. to become predisposed. Yep. You're, you're preparing them. You're preparing yep. the way 
for them to fall head over heels in love with God. Amen. You nailed it. It's, it's love. It, yeah. it, it's the bottom line. But when it's God, it's not like you're holding hands and skipping through the tulips. No, it's <laughs> awe and wonder. It's it's just you're magnificent. And you're uh, and I, I've watched over and over my priesthood people who come to that place. Yes. And I, I, I like to call it they actually tear through the veil from the worldly life into the divine life oh, in awesome. this moment. And, and for a lot of people, it's a moment. Now, yes. we talk about, you know, over time, and this happens over time, over time. No, for a lot of people, it's a moment. And you know what that moment usually is before Tell our me. Lord the Eucharist? Yes. Especially, uh, and well, for sure, a reverent Mass. Yes. I mean, it, uh, I've seen people, it's, it's actually, uh, I, I'm trying to find a word better than fun, but it's, it's just so joyful to see a soul who walks into a church where the mass is offered in such a reverent way, and then to have them literally tear through that veil in that moment, and and usually their 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 um, their comment is, "Where has this been all my life?" Okay, <laughs> but one of the ways too is without you know because reverent masses and those who do it that's controversial and by you know tomorrow you know all that uh, adoration Eucharistic <laughs> adoration. That's why I put these men's evenings. And they were actually um, inspired by uh, John Paul II's Novo Millennio Iniente, uh, his uh, for the new millennium uh, that he wrote, the encyclical he wrote in 2000. But he, this is what he proposed. He said it's about falling in love with God. And he says what we need in parishes now more than ever is, a, it's like a base camp, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a camp. training and holiness and schools of prayer. But he focused on adoration big time yeah. and, that, and, and said and talked about, you know, this we're, this isn't like a person. Uh, this is someone that you actually fall in love with. Yeah. And, and that was that's what he was. And he was basically saying what I'm trying to say right now in my awkward way. And he was more eloquent than I could ever be. But but you have to lead people to that veil so that they can break through. And that they can, they can, and, and, and I'll conclude with this. One of the one of the ways we can do that when the Holy Eucharist isn't right there at that moment, okay, is let them see what happened to you. Yeah, I mean, be extravagant in your love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, and self control. The fruit or the evidence of the Holy Spirit. Yep. You know, you, you see people going around and they got these sullen faces. You know. Oh yeah, I, I'm a Catholic and I go to church. Isn't that great? You know, and people are like, whoa, give me a waiver. And and you mentioned it too, Terry. The other thing is is that uh, they boast, or I can't remember how you put it, but that's how I received. But they kind of boast about their faith. They, they get full, oh, yeah. and and no, no, that no. is just repugnant to, yep. to people. It's, they can't run away fast enough. Mm -hmm. If we're know-it-alls, if we're yep. you know elites, we're we're elites among the Catholic. Um, we got to watch that. I, I, I say this to myself all the time, but I've said to several people, um, grace just, just flees from me. If I have a, if I demonstrate pride in my life, yeah. you've got to have that humility. Uh, and then, like I said, just, man, you're so awesome. God, like, I was like a little kid, unless you become like children, right? You're so awesome. God, <laughs> right. Let yourself just be taken up by the amazement of God. So Terry, I mean, here. So here we are, and yes. this is the 2023. Mm -hmm. um, how do we get there? How do we how do we get to that place where we could predispose souls to enter out of the worldly life and into the divine life to be to to seek holiness in their lives? I'm so excited you asked that question. I mean, I'm pumped because my chapter 13 is the secret of nice. evangelization is living in the presence of God. Yes. And I'll just say this, living in the presence of God. I got this from Thomas Aquinas, okay? Yep. And the presence of God consists in get loving attention to every situation in your life. The fact that God lives in your soul. Think about that. Connected to this is the pure intention that all your words, actions correspond to what? The will of God and are done for his greater glory. By practicing this attention and intention, it would become a habit to live in the presence of God without any special effort. Now, living in the presence of God is a fruit of prayer. It leads your soul to ever greater union with him. And as Jesus taught us, we need to pray always without becoming worried. That's Luke 18. Pray without ceasing, echoed by St. Paul in 1 Thessalonians. 
I can go on for the whole chapter, but this whole point, living in the presence of God, is the key. Because when we live in the presence of God, Father, they can take us to Calvary. They can take us and put us in jail. But if we have the presence of God, hey, what's the worst thing they can do? Kill us? Right. They can't take the presence of God away from us. Yep. Doug, I know, Doug, you've preached on that, too. I, you and I come from the same trough. We eat at the same trough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to belly up to your trough, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, I want to hear your thoughts on living in the presence of God, because to me, I wouldn't be able to do what I do if I can't constantly call on the presence of God and my guardian angel. I have a joke. I, I say this. The unemployment rate for my guardian angel is way too high. Put him to work. And I think all Put of us... <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd get a chuckle out of that. Yeah, you you, you always have uh, you always have uh, a nice way of putting certain things. Uh, <laughs> too blessed to be stressed, and uh, you just you're, yeah. you've got a lot of them. Full sheen ahead. That's right that. on our on our radio show with Jess Romero, <laughs> and we have Doug on a lot. And I need to get Father on the immaculate. We call it Virgin Most Powerful Radio, yep. and uh, we're always plugging you guys on our show. We plugged a lot of the good guys because. Let's be honest. People need inspiration today. Yep. Yeah. It leads you to hope. Yeah. Leads you to hope. Yeah. yeah. Terry, when you, when you, what, yeah. what your experience when you did those conferences, the big yes. ones, yes. there was, do you think there was a time, like a window where conferences like that, they were big ones, then they're, they just don't seem to be no, it's as plentiful. What, what do you think happened? Well, I'm going to tell you, I continually think this that as the church got weaker, and what I mean by weaker, I'm not trying to be critical, I'm just being honest. We lost our fire, as Bishop Sheen says, uh, back in the mid-70s when he talked about uh, we need to reunite, re reunite our fires for the faith. And I think a lot of people have just fallen away because, and I'll be honest with you, the bar has been lowered, mm -hmm. meaning that we don't talk about as much as we should the salvation of your soul. We're talking too much about this world's view of whether it's, I'm just going to be honest with you, of, you know, saving these plastic bottles or, you know, the environment. It's important, but let's spend our time more on the salvation of souls. And when people don't realize that their soul is in danger of going to hell, and I think a lot of people today think everybody is going to go to heaven. It's like universal salvation. When they have that attitude, they don't think they need to make much effort, go to a conference, go to church. I mean, doesn't everybody go to heaven? Because I didn't kill anybody. See, that attitude lowers the bar and it gives people very little motivation to live their faith. And I believe that actually that comes from Satan. I'm being honest. I think that that's what he, that's one of his uh, rules is to act like uh, you're not in a fight for your soul. And he's done a good job. Yeah. yeah. Here, you've been in the thick of things for years. So I yeah. love your opinion on this one. Okay. Uh, I'm from the school of thought, I think you guys are too, yeah. Yeah. that uh, the way forward is to offer the holy sacrifice of the Mass in the most reverent way, as, as we've been talking about. And again, the Catholic Church for millennia has been really good at that. It, yeah. it, it, so that a stranger off the street walks in and encounters this, and, it, and it's life-changing. Um, why do you think, Terry... In our present historical moment, there seems to be, and correct me if you think it's not there, but there seems to be an aversion to that. It, 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 I, I, I'm trying to theorize, but you know, maybe it's people think it's too much for the common man. I don't, I, I don't, I don't get it. But again, that that moment that you enter into something, <clears throat> uh, I, I, hold on, I, I pulled this quote clip I was talking to you, but here's what uh, John Paul II said in, in that uh, uh, encyclical for the new millennium. He said, uh, uh, no, we shall not be saved by a formula, but by a person. Amen. All Christian faithful are called to the fullness of the Christian life. Okay. And then he goes on to talk about, uh, it's all about the Eucharist. Anyway, um, I, I just see people that they're there seemingly for every other reason than this, they fell in love and they're filled with awe and wonder before the presence of God. Maybe it's their friends are there, or maybe, you know, it's nice to be a part of a nice community of people. I, but what? why do you think, Terry, again, 
there seems to be an aversion. And in fact, I think I'm watching priests get canceled for being too holy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I, why? Why? Well, I'm going to give you my answer. For 45 years, I've gone up and down the country and I asked people that question about what do they think the mass is? And 95% of the people, young, old, and middle class, middle age, they have no clue of what the mass is. Right. They somehow think that it's just meeting, you know, like a social thing. We're going to go to- Right, the we're down to 30% that believe that's actually yeah. Jesus. Right, and so I think that until we catechize people about Cal that once we're at mass, we're at Calvary, we're present at that one eternal sacrifice, just like the video or we record a, a football game, we watch it over again, we're present at that game again. But you see- People don't understand, and I think Bishop Sheen had it right. He catechized people and teaching them the meaning of the Mass. And I think if people just go on YouTube and type in Fulton Sheen, there's all our life is worth living on YouTube. He'll teach you the faith. It's his convert course. So I, my answer to you is most Catholics do not have a clue about what Mass is all about. And so they, they go and they go, well, you know, if I'm not getting entertained, uh, you know, or meeting right. my friends— that's the value, and they're they're missing it. They're missing the boat. And I'm going to put the blame. And I'll just give you one more comment. Abbot Boniface Lukey, I met in '93. I interviewed him for three hours. He was an expert during, before, during, and after the council with Bunini. Okay, I don't need to go down to Bunini, but he explained what Vatican II really wanted to do about the mass. And in 1993, he said all of our guys that are dead are rolling in their graves because the the Vatican II council document on the mass is not being implemented. Now, I right. didn't say it. I agree with him. Right. But this is the father of the Vatican II saying that. Yeah, no, Sacrosanctum Concilium. That, I've always said the Novus Ordo I try to offer yeah. Yeah. is, the, is uh, a purified version. In other That's words, right. it's precisely what Sacrosanctum Concilium Amen. wanted. In that. But can I follow up with you real quick? Yeah, hit me in, hit me in the head. With that? Yeah. Because I get that. We need to be catechized. Yes. But, but and again, correct me if I'm wrong here. Yeah. That until the person has that encounter yes. with our Lord, and like I just the on wonder and everything, there's yeah. no real hunger to want to seek the catechism. Right. And so, and i and again, I've experienced that in, in that purified Novus Ordo. Um, yes. and, and we we have men's nights too, where we we do Eucharistic adoration with awesome. uh, four part harmony, scola. I mean, it's just candles all over the awesome. place. And guys walk in that have been away from the faith for 20 years, and they're like, whoa, and it's all over. Anyways, but um, but the, uh, what they say is is um, that, oh, here's what we yeah. would have little socials yeah. and, uh, together, and these guys are now reading encyclicals. I love it. Because, because three weeks ago, they had the encounter. <laughs> yes. Now, now they can't get enough. They, yes. They want, I want to know more. So I, I I just I like your opinion on this because I hear catechism a lot. I, I agree with yeah. it. Yeah. Bishop Barron uh, says catechism a lot too. Yeah. yeah. But I, I I help me over the hump where if if you're not you see I've I've said that about poor catechesis over the years at all yeah. ages yeah. is back in the day when you had these awe and wonder reverent masses that predispose us to open up to God. Yeah. Yeah. Then people would go home. They wouldn't just do the catechism class. They'd go home and tear into everything they could find. Now it's just like they're in you know, catechism class looking out the window at their watch and wondering when the whole thing's over. And then, the, you know, you know, because they haven't had that experience. And, and again, as adults, we can offer catechism, but who's doing the catechism? Yep. Those who are already ignited. You know, you do all those CDs and everything. Well, that's there's hungry people seeking. What do you have, like 25 million CDs you put Yeah, that went around the world, something like that. I have yeah, no idea. 25 but... million. And, and again... Uh, they're amazing, but it's usually, uh, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's usually for people who have had that experience and they go, oh, I, I'm, I want to gobble up everything. Yeah. Yep. And then Terry's putting out these amazing CDs. Yeah. So I don't know. Can you comment yeah, on that? I will comment. I think a horse before the cart thing, you know? It, it, the church teaches the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. So I have found what you just found over the years, introducing people. I've had homeless people who aren't Catholic and, and bringing them into a church and kneeling down before a tabernacle. Right. And I could tell, it's in my book on how to show your faith when I, but they were, they were graced by the sacrament. It's not me. It's the, it's the grace of the sacrament. Right. I'm convinced we have a church here. Doug's been to, I got a funeral going on right now, but we, we have our church open. People come uh, to pray before the blessed sacrament 
and they're converted because of the right. grace of the of Christ, not because I said, come on in. I mean, yes, we're part but I really believe that once they understand the real presence of Christ and that they can see, be, talk to Jesus, be with Jesus, spend time, quiet time, that's a game changer, Father, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. Terry, uh, we also wanted to address um, reparation. Oh, yeah, let's talk. Father, you've got a good story on that. Yeah, well, I, you, you, I like to see okay. your take well, my on rep, well, Okay, I'll give it to you right now. I'm yeah. a member of the Opus Angelorum, okay? The work of the angels. And we are very Thomistic. And one of the things about reparation I wanted to just share, because we know that Colossians chapter one, I fill up what is lacking in the suffering. Terry, I'm, I'm sorry, I got to interrupt. For, yeah. for What does Thomistic mean? For oh, Thomas, St. Thomas, sorry. Yeah, it's a good one, my term. When I say Thomistic, I'm talking about Thomism, which is St. Thomas Aquinas' teachings on some aspect of the faith. So I'm going to give you what St. Thomas is teaching about reparation. What is it? And like I say, I quote first uh, Colossians 1 because it points out that says, I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church. So every action, like I say, can become like a blank check. If we unite it with Christ, it has infinite value. So <clears throat> one of the things that reparation, we know this in a secular language, means the fulfillment of punishment due to guilt by involuntary suffering or chastisement. By stark contrast, the biblical and Christian meaning of expiation includes voluntary suffering. Christian's expiation is a form of voluntary reparation inspired by love, seeking to pay for the debts that result from the offenses against God. I close every radio show quoting Our Lady of Fatima. She said it. Souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. So today we've got all kinds of problems in the world, in the church. What are we going to do with our, we make reparation for these things. I don't care if you're four years old or 104, you can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ by offering little sacrifices for the salvation of souls. Terry, what did uh, Fulton Sheen say? He had a quote about, oh, yeah. did he say something about nursing homes being like yes, power plants? plants? Yeah, that's one I use in my spirituality. Yeah. yeah. He says that if we understood suffering properly, hospitals would become atomic spiritual power plants. That's it. Because, and the world would be converted, he said. The world would be converted if we understood redemptive suffering. Now, Doug and Father, I know you know that, but our listeners, do you realize we can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ? I mean, Doug, you got a candle lit behind you. That's a votive candle. That's a great way to be praying for souls. God, I think everybody's going to be shocked at their exit interview. What am I going to be shocked about? You're going to run into people. God, hopefully you get to heaven. You're going to be surprised. You'll see people there that you least expect. And then you're going to be surprised that they're not the people you thought should be there aren't there. But the most biggest shock is that you're there. And I think it's because of prayer and reparation for our own sins and for the sins of the world. The message of Fatima is important today as it was 100 years ago. I think the thing we have to realize, too, is that, you know, when you look at when Jesus came on earth, uh, he had uh, 12, then he had 72, right? Yes. Uh, but he also had three, you know, Peter, James, and John that were really close to him. Yes. I look at that, and I see that some people in particular are called to do the reparation, to do the penance. Yes. Penance, 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 right? They're, they're called to do that. Uh, and and the, the the analogy I use is some are called to be privates and some are called to be lieutenants and some are called yeah. to be generals, right? Yes, yes. And some are called to more. And I, I think uh, we have to discern our, our own selves. Where do I see myself right now? Um, am, am I willing to accept the call uh, to, to do the extra for those who are not even quite in the enlistment line, you know, to, to, to join the, the army, but to, to do this on behalf of others, right. Uh, to do that kind of penance. Uh, we just it was, had the transfiguration, uh, that glorious scene where, you know, Peter, James and John were given that opportunity to experience awe and wonder, you know, and that, but that elevated their game. You know, uh, Peter was, was called to be our first pope, and you know John was at the foot of the cross of their blessed mother, and James is probably one of my favorite of all. Anyways, but <laughs> uh, but they're called to the more, right? And we have to discern that for ourselves. Are 
are, are we just punching the clock? Doug, you use that analogy a lot where yep. you're just, you're just uh, Locking putting in. your time, Locking you're punching in. the clock, you're putting your hand in the holy water and, you know, and, and looking at your watch until you race for your car and get mass, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, you might be in that place, okay. Uh, I hope not. But there's other people that are, like, hungry, and they want the more, and they want Terry's 25 million CDs, you know. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Terry. Amazing. Thank God, any good we do comes from him. Years. Wow. Uh, but anyways, uh, to fill that hunger void that people have and to understand our faith even more deeply. But but th that's what I think, and Terry, can you speak to this? That's what I see those who are called to penance, yeah. to, to do reparation. Those are people who have accepted, okay, yep, uh, I'm deciding to yes. accept this, this, uh, mm -hmm. this, this place that God has, has put me in. Again, if you get pride in there, the grace is gone, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you speak to that? I will, Father, and I'll also speak to uh, St. Saint, Saint Jacinta Marto from Fatima, uh, because I think uh, we're talking about victim souls sometimes, people who have great suffering in their life, yes. and they unite with the sufferings of Christ. But I think one other element that you brought up earlier about how do we get people's attention, I think a, a child's wisdom for a foolish time, I'll say it this way, she said, I wish people could see hell. Because then they would be terrified to go there. I believe part of our problem in the church today is people don't even believe there is a hell. And they also think that nobody goes there. And Father, you know that's not true. And Doug, you know that's not true. But how do we, and I don't mean, you know, St. Ignatius in his spiritual exercises talks about imperfect contrition gets you to heaven. I, I just think that we need to point out that life is short and eternity is forever. And what we do here on planet Earth, when our exit interview goes, that's where we're going to be. I think that should motivate people to at least live a life of virtue because they don't want to go to hell. Yeah, I think that statement about if people could see hell, they'd be terrified. You know, anytime I've told the story of Fatima, uh, the July 13th apparition, where right. the children were shown the vision of hell. Yep. And then if you read the account and Lucia had, she had it written down, she wrote it down <laughs> and a person go out and find it. And it's terrifying. Yes, it um, is. The fire that emanates from within as well as the fire without. You know, so it's not you. It's not like you're just in the fire. There's something interior that that's burning. And and she says, you know, these these horrible creatures, these 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 bronze-colored sort of creatures, which did not resemble animals on Earth, they knew were demons, and all were being tossed around like burning embers in a fire. It's a it's a terrifying description, and she even says that she must have screamed because people said they heard her, um, and it only lasted a few minutes. And the fact that Our Lady showed this really says something. You know, and there were several schools I'd been told I was never allowed back in to speak in again. Right. Um, because I talked to teenagers <laughs> oh, about this. And when they would say, you know, you're scaring the kids, I would say, well, do you realize that it was the Blessed Mother herself, by the power of God, mind you, yeah. that showed hell? I not just described it like I did, but showed it to three children that were 10 nine and seven years old uh that should say something to us about the importance of the message of getting that out to people terry i'm curious with yes. all that you have done over the years you've got you're able to kind of 45 years you kind of put together in your head at least um a collection of of how messages have been conveyed from different speakers and different yes. events what do you think is the most powerful way, if you could sum it up, uh, the most powerful messages conveyed in what fashion? Like, is it the clear, direct? Is it, you talk about the love? Is it storytelling? Is it- Yeah, yeah, it's a number. Yeah. What, what, what sort of things resonate in your mind as to the most powerful way you have seen in 45 years and all the conferences and dozens and dozens and dozens of different speakers you've, you've worked with? What works? I'm going to tell you all of the above that you just said. Storytelling is what our Lord did. That's what I do in my book on how to share your faith with anyone. Storytelling. But something happened five years ago in my life as a follower of Christ. I met a bishop called Bishop Joseph Strickland. And I've been interviewing him every week on the deposit of faith, perennial teachings of the church. He stands up for life. When I hear a bishop speak like Doug Barry or Father Heilman, I go, wait a minute. 
I where, where's all these other bishops? I'm just being. I'm like this guy doesn't care about politics. He doesn't care. He cares about the salvation of every soul. And so one of the things that's been powerful for me is to hear a successor of the apostle speak with clarity and charity. And that's why I'm encouraging people to come to the Defending the Faith Conference coming up September 1 and 2 in Tyler, Texas, where Bishop Strickland will be the keynote address. If people haven't heard Bishop Strickland yet, I know you guys know him. Doug, you're in his diocese. But right. when he speaks about the faith, it's very simple, direct. And he says the most, he says the same thing. He says, I don't want <clears throat> to compromise the truth. He says, I got to, I got to meet my maker. He said, when I was ordained a priest, I said, I would pass on the deposit of faith. I know I'm going to be judged on how well I did that over the years. And as a bishop, even more. So my answer to you is all of the above, but I would encourage people to listen to a shepherd like Bishop Joseph Strickland, who every week he tweets and he talks about the deposit of faith. And I think he, what I would call is He's like no-nonsense Catholicism. It's not right versus left. It's right versus wrong. It's black and white Catholicism. I think we need to hear more from our shepherds and not any ambiguity. You won't get ambiguity by Bishop Strickland. You're going to get the straight stuff. And because of his office to teach, govern, and sanctify, it motivates me to go, that's the kind of guy that builds my Catholic faith. That's my answer. Yeah, yeah and there's a persecution that's happening, and I think it's going to get even stronger because there, there's there's a movement afoot, and I'm not telling you guys anything new, I'm sure with the listeners too, but a new religion is being uh, presented to us. Absolutely. And, and you have to follow their dogma or else, you know, they will come after you. And so guys like Bishop Strickland, which I adore that man, <laughs> so he's so courageous. I mean, I, I hope people are inspired by courage. I mean, you see people who enlist in the military or, you know, join the, the police academy or whatever. You know, it, it just, you go, really? You're willing to do that? And, and it's, it's the same feeling I get with Bishop Strickland. Yeah. That, that he's willing to get right up there and be right on the front lines and say what needs, needs to be said right now uh, at this historical moment. And so few are willing to say it. Well, why? <clears throat> a big tactic they're using is the chilling effect. They'll go after one person and to tell everybody else, this will happen to you if you dare speak against. And so I, I put it this way. I, I, our side is really, uh, you know, uh, we're retreating. And, and we got we to gotta get behind the Bishop Strickland's of the world find that courage, enlist in God's army, you know, become holy and strong yourself. Don't move out unless you, unless you have that battle armor and, and, and those uh, spiritual weapons, which that whittle it all down. We're talking about supernatural grace, yeah. be in a state of grace, but move out, move out because uh, right now we are huddling in the foxholes and the, and the devil's just laughing at us. Uh, as he's moving in right now. So God bless Bishop Strickland. Uh, Terry, how do we get that courage? I really think uh, this is something I do for 45 years. I tell everybody two things. Ask Jesus Christ for more faith every single day. Nice. This is something that we all need to do. I need to do it. And I do it every day in my prayers. Number two, you know, John Paul II wrote a letter to the families right after Veritatis Splendor in 93, 94 letter. He said, the way the family goes is the way the culture goes. So couples, and this is, Doug, here's me. I, I promote Bishop Sheen's three to get married. I say, couples, your, your faith, your love for your wife will not last. You need to renew your vows often is because that's how your love for your wife will last, by renewing those vows. And so I encourage moms and dads to do that on a regular basis. So ask Jesus Christ for more faith. Yes, do that. Check mark. Number two, you're married. Renew your vows with your wife. I guarantee if my wife was here, Doug would know. She knows my wife. He knows my wife. She loves it when I say, Mary Danielle, I take you. To, I, you know, Mary Danielle, I take you to be my lawful wedded life. I, she, she can't get enough of that. Why? Because we need to hear that. And just like our faith and our baptism, we renew our vows. It's the same principle. Okay, can I just chime in real quick? Of course. Because uh, um, courage made me think of this is, I'm vacationing with uh, three guys. We used to have four. A friend died in 2020, but 
Um, amazing guys. I went to seminary with them. Uh, and so that makes 37 years we've vacation together. These guys are strong and courageous. But one of my friends, and I'd ask for your prayers, yeah. uh, yesterday fell down the, a flight of stairs. Oh, no. And uh, so we've been spending the last two days in the hospital with him. Uh, but I, he's, I think he's going to be, he doesn't need surgery, but he's uh, got several cracked ribs and a crack uh, shoulder blade. And uh, and they're looking at something else, but uh, but he might be released, but he's going to be in a pain for a long time. And what is he? Why did I say this in, in the context of courage? You talk about penance. You yes. talk about offering it up, right? Making sacrifices. That's what he's doing with this. He's attaching prayers to this, and he feels like this is a moment for him to be offering up mighty prayers. And that's it's just amazing. Again, it's like watching somebody get in line at the enlist, enlistment station. It's just. Courage is just so phenomenal. So thank you for sharing yeah. that. That's uh, powerful. Yeah. And and on top of that, too, when it comes to reparation for the church and having the courage to even deal with the sufferings and the trials and the pain that goes with it. Terry, the Blessed Mother has asked for this many times. <laughs> and I speak of church approved apparitions. There's a lot out there. And right now there are messages that are allegedly telling us that there's an October convergence. That's a term that's been used, that something could be coming in the next couple months. And I always, we've addressed it mildly here on in past episodes. And I always want to say, and I know you feel the same way about this. Oh, yeah. We've yeah. got to keep those types of messages really at arm's length. I mean, be that's very right. cautious, very skeptical, but we can look at the church approved ones sure. like Lords or La Salette or or Fatima, or Akita Japan. Um, hmm. La Salette was a powerful one, where she, the, the image of La Salette, I'll put it up in the screen here, is, you know, the Blessed Mother, she's got her face buried in her hands, weeping. You know, we get these images of the Blessed Mother weeping in, in you know, pictures, statues, and many of these have been verified as miraculous over the years. And then on top of that, we have church-approved apparitions again, as I mentioned, like Fatima, or, uh, or Akita, uh, recently, Rwanda, Africa, where the warnings are serious. And she speaks very much about the need to pray the rosary, the need to pray, to fast, penance. But she speaks also very clearly in some of these about the need to pray for the clergy and for the Pope. Terry, we complain a lot about our spiritual leadership in, in, in the world right now. I've done it. We all do it. Yeah, of course. Maybe to a degree, you know, um, I always walk out of a homily and try to find good things that father said before I start thinking, I didn't like the way he said that, or boy, I didn't like that. Or can you believe he said that? And he didn't this <laughs> and that. And, you know, and it's very easy for any of us to do. And I'm sure people have done that in my talks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they walk out, man, his sense of humor is terrible. <laughs> what is he even doing up there trying to tell a joke? But uh, Terry, how important is it that we offer reparation and offer these sacrifices and have the courage to do it for the clergy specifically, for our priests, for our bishops, for the Holy Father? Oh, it's critical, Doug. You know, that's our theme that I'm going to be talking about at the Defending Our Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas, uh, September 1 and 2. It's on our website at vmpr.org. This is something that I encourage people to send cards to their priests. I bet Father would be a better recipient of this. Father Heilman, have you received mass cards from your parishioners saying, Father, we're praying for you? And I'm just going to ask you if it's yes, how does that make you feel as a priest that your parishioners are praying for you? That's well, it's amazing, yeah, especially as I go through you know, some persecution in and outside oh, yeah. of the church. And, yeah. uh, and like when I moved, um, a lot of people, including me, were sad, but People are wonderful everywhere, so I'm at a great place now. But uh, but yeah, and and so I think it's especially as I face challenges, you know, that they 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 assure me that they got my back. And so it's it's really uh, it means a lot. So I thought so, and I would encourage all of our listeners right now at, at your at your convenience, if it's your pastor or your associate. Get down and get a mass card today. Make Do it right now. This is an action item for the show. I am going to send a mass card to my local parish priest saying that I said, thank you for saying yes to Jesus in your priesthood. Just wanted to let you know I got your back covered. I've had a mass offered for you. I guarantee you, all my priest friends say to me what you just said. They love it. Yeah. Yeah, Easy. I remember... I remember we were um, uh, traveling one time with some of the old Radix members. I think you remember... Um, oh, yeah, Terry of course. Probably. 
Ed Visner. Remember Ed? Of course, Big Ed. You bet. I remember yeah. Ed. Oh yeah, and we were we were at an airport. I think it was Boston. I don't know. We had a, we had a connection to lay over there, and and Ed saw a priest over in line, and Ed had this really great harmless approach. His oh, personality. Yeah. Oh, People yeah. accuse me of having a resting angry face. I have no idea where that comes from. Why they would say that, <laughs> I don't get it. But anyway, Ed was. It's scary. <laughs> Oh, uh, maybe the views would go up in the subscribers if yeah. you had a different co-host. <laughs> but anyway, um, so Ed goes over to this priest who's in line. And now right now the audience is thinking, oh, it's a story. And you're all listening much differently now. I know you are because you're imagining an airport, Boston, very busy, hundreds of people in, in the area there. And Ed sees a priest off to the side just waiting to get on the flight. And Ed walks over to him. Hello, Father. My name is Ed. And I just, I saw you here and I just thought I'd come over and say hi. And, and he talked to him for just a couple of minutes. And then before he left, he said, Father, thank you very much for being a priest. Mm. And walked away. And he left him with a little card. We had these little business card sized cards that simply said, Jesus, the sweetest name ever spoken. And we would hand these cards out everywhere. And then it had our, 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 um, had our PO box on it. This was before the internet. Okay. Yeah. So you couldn't just go to the website <laughs> or email. And so this way back in the early mid nineties or so anyway, um, uh, before Al Gore gave us the internet. Okay. You got to be old enough to get that joke. That's funny. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So father wrote a letter to us many yeah. know, weeks later. And he said, I don't know who the young man was, but a young man from your organization came up to me and thanked me for being a priest. I cannot tell you what that did for me and what that meant to me. Mm -hmm. Tell him he's in my prayers and God bless you for that. I never forgot that story because it was the simplest thing in the world to thank the priests for being a priest. I thanked priests for being in the confessional. You know, mm -hmm. thank you, Father, for being in here so that I could come in and go to confession. I mean, I just think those pieces of the puzzle are massively yeah. important. But I would also say this. How about we, Terry, what do you think about yeah. kind of the rule of thumb? Let's pray okay. twice as much for our priests Absolutely. as we complain about them. Oh, that's a good principle. That's, that's a maximum. Yeah, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And Ed yeah. just showed that right there. That's living. Yeah. That's a good story to show. And, and you know what I always say, Doug and Father, when you're at the airports, if you see a, a mother with her little baby in the stroller. I, I used the Kimberly Hahn line for 40 years, 35 years since I've known Kimberly. I say, young mother, I say, mom, you're changing the world one diaper at a time. Keep up the good work. Affirm oh. them. What's, yeah, what's it cost to give people a, a compliment that's yeah. authentic? It's nothing. And I'm telling you, it can change people to realize that there are people praying for them and the people appreciate what they're doing because people need that. We all do. Yeah, I, I, and I, it gets back to what we were talking about too, you know, that with clarity and charity. But um, it, it boils down to this: we have to be a magnet. We have to be attractive to other people. And so, if they truly experience and nothing phony, you know, made up, yeah. but they can they can tell, they can read that that we found something, and it's made all the difference. And now. Because I found this, you know, pearl of great price, this hidden treasure, um, my life has just changed completely. And all I want to do is radiate what I found, the love and the joy and the peace and the, you know, the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit within us. Um, and they want to be a part of that. So it's about, it's about being a magnet, right? It's about being a magnet to other people. And what we're doing really is taking their hand and leading them over to Jesus, right? Amen. Amen. In, in essence, but but they have to see that it's real, that it's authentic. You know that that okay, you you, you contend that it's changed the world, but why are you you know a gossip and why are you angry at everybody and why are why are you finding fault and why are you a snobby elitist? Uh, if you've really found something, because I'm not seeing the evidence, right? So we, we, we so we have to cultivate love, mm -hmm. cultivate joy, cultivate peace, 
and 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 let it let it just just pour out. Um, I always say extravagantly in our lives. True, Jer uh, Terry. Amen. Father, preach it. What you just said should go on YouTube. Make that clip and send that out to the world because yeah. this is what we're to do. And again, Doug, Father, you know this. I've had this happen. They say, I want what you have because the joy that you have. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're fired up about your faith, people pick up that you know the meaning and purpose of life. Yes. And that's what, when they ask you, why are you so happy? I say, I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed because my hope is in Jesus Christ. I tell people that, oh, I want that. See, and so I think you're you're nailing it. What you just said the last three or four minutes, I'd like to take that, put it on a clip and say, listen to Father Heilman. This is what we need to be doing in the church today. Thank you, Father. Sounds like you were a little kid. Oh, I want to get Exactly. Unless you become like a child. That's right. You know? You're yeah. on the sun and you're playing and you know, yep. life is just full of, of wonders and, and oh, little kid, the innocence of children. I just love that. And Father, that word enthusiasm that yeah. you have, that Doug have, that I have, it, it comes from Theo, God is in you. So yeah. a smile is a small form of enthusiasm. I tell people that in my book. I said, does it hurt not? I mean, just smile at somebody. How are you? Nice to see you. I go anywhere. People know. And they smile back. And the point of it is, is they're going to come and say, why are you so happy? Look at the world right now. And I hold up again, the crucifix. Because yeah. I'm redeemed by the blood of Christ. I've given my life to Christ. Do that because this is the key in life. And I think one of the reasons why we're having trouble, Father and Doug, people don't trust God enough that he'll take care of them. They really unfortunately think, now, if I turn my life over to God, is he really going to take care of me or do I need to do it myself? Because, you know, I think I, I mean, I got the uh, idea of uh, entitlements, you know, the government, but but, I mean, can God really do that? Yes. God is someone you'll never be disappointed. The government will disappoint you. Your your friends will disappoint you. But Jesus Christ, true God and true man, will never disappoint you. I think that come, you know, you get that that uh, that image of Peter walking on water and, yeah. uh, you know, just how necessary it is to for us all to consider that. And, Father, you talked a lot about this over and over about we've really lost touch with the supernatural strength and power of God. And there is, there's something about that element that, you know, if, if I can't touch it, if it's not tangible, I don't have the confidence in it. And, and God never does. He, he never leaves us there. As an old spiritual director said to me, he always leaves an element of faith. There has to be something in you that has to have that element of faith. Um, everything can look perfect, but there's still something missing in the heart unless there is a, a connection. It keeps us stretching heart. and striving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I just think that's an important thing for us to remember is that our world has has become so easy um, to just sedate yourself and medicate yourself with so many other things. You know, I can pick up my phone and 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 I can see anything in the world practically in the in an instant, and it's that easy to sit down and and order some. I don't know, whatever movie platform, a Netflix, a Hulu, a, an Amazon, whatever, and you can just watch gazillions of movies and TV shows, most of them are worthless in all yes, honesty. Distractions. It's distraction, you know? And and some of it is, is simply poisonous for the mind Absolutely. and the soul. But we have access to these things like we've never had before. And yet we've got problems with depression and anxiety and drugs and, and alcohol and divorce and so forth. Why? I think it goes back to what you said, Terry, and Father, you've always talked about. We have to have that connection we have to be Mary, not Martha so much. Martha running around and Mary's at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says she will not be taken or this will not be taken away from her. She's not going to be denied this. She's chosen the better portion here. Yeah. Um, Terry, I know we're getting close to wrapping sure. this up. Yeah, and sure. and I, do, I want to get, get you another plug for the conference. Thank and, you, Doug. And, I appreciate and, that. And your Virgin Most Powerful Radio Network. Tell us how thank people you. Okay. can first get of, access to that. First of all, we do have programming. We have uh, Father Charles um, um, Murr doing a, a series on the life of Christ by Bishop Sheen. We have Bishop Strickland Hour. We have Jesus 911 with Jesse Romero. We have the Terry and Jesse Show. We have Apologetics. Shows. It's a free download. All you got to do is you get our app on your phone. Go to vmpr.org or virginmostpowerfulradio.org. And you can hear Bishop Strickland. I... I, every week, I don't miss them. I know a lot of people are um, a lot of people are downloading it 
lots of postulates can take it. You guys can play those shows on your, on, we, we don't copyright anything. Just do it, get it out. And so they can do that. But I really want to encourage people, Doug and Father, to come to the event in Tyler, Texas, to support Bishop Strickland in a sense, uh, and it, because uh, he is just like you, Father, he's being persecuted for his orthodoxy. And we're going to have this event on September 1 and 2. And it's at the convention center. We can hold up to 2,100 people. And uh, it's going to be a great way to show support for Bishop Strickland, but also meet Catholics who are on fire. You talked about how do we get fire going? You got to show, you got to tell me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. Be around people who love Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. So just go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org, sign up for the conference. I will see you there. As a matter of fact, I'm giving away a cheat sheet, Doug, everybody on the Catholic apologetics. I've been doing it for about 40 years. All the biblical verses for the um, for Catholics on confession, the sacraments, uh, every every aspect you'd be asked on. Because I think, as what the Bible says, we have to have reasons for our faith. We need to know our faith, love our faith, and live our faith. So I want to thank both Father Heilman and Doug Berry for allowing me to come on and talk about sharing your faith and encouraging you to come to Tyler, Texas, September 1 and 2, because I think it will change your life. That's what I think. And, and the links will be in the description for everybody listening or watching right now. Well, thank you. And I want to also make a plug for Father Heilman and Doug Berry. I have been listening to the Grace Force for years, and I want to encourage people to send links to other people. This is the kind of material that's going to build you up in your faith. Uh, maybe you're not getting really powerful homilies. Maybe not. Maybe you are on weekends. But what you need to do is surround yourself with material that's going to lift you up in your faith and say, wow, he challenged me to make a holy hour. Oh, he challenged me to pray my daily rosary. Oh, he challenged me to share my faith. I need a little push. We all do. I need it. So mm -hmm. I think listening every week to the Grace Force is a way to really go deeper to and deeper and deeper into the person of Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you both, both of you men, for saying yes to doing this podcast each week. Thank you. Thanks, Jerry. Jerry. And I, I, I have a conflict. I would so love to be there. Uh, but here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'll be doing penance. Thank I'm going to discern what that looks like uh, prior to the conference Thanks, in prayer Paul. for the conference and for Bishop Strickland. That's one of the things I encourage people to. We're not only doing the rosary, the 54-day rosary novena from August 15th to October 7th, but we're also including um, the St. Michael's Lent. It's called... Uh, that's you could Google it, but St. Francis of Assisi actually conceived this. It goes from uh, basically the days between August 15th and the Feast of St. Michael on September 29th. But one of the prayers we're, do, we're encouraging is Auxilian Christian Arm. Please pray that for our church, for our country, but please, if you pray for, uh, pray for Bishop Strickland. Thank you. Uh, please, please, please. This guy is uh, he's a hero like, like none other. I love the man. He actually uh, asked me to speak at a conference at the end of October. I'll be down in Tyler for that. Excellent. So, but I have a conflict for this one. Sorry. Uh, no problem. Yeah. Well, God bless you, Father and Doug. And yeah. I just, again, thank you for, for really sharing the faith with charity and clarity, because that's what you guys do every week. And I, I appreciate that. Thanks. All right. Well, that wraps us up. And so we'll close with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Coming to you from the beautiful Baraboo Bluffs in South Central Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm making things. Hey, thanks, Terry. Thanks for being Thank with you, us. Terry. Thanks, guys. God love you.